In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My dear sons and daughters, as we come before God's altar on this beautiful third Sunday of Advent, less than two weeks away from the great feast of Christmas, we are on the third and the rose candle calling us to the great gift of joy. I would encourage us to meditate on two virtues, the virtue of generosity and the virtue of forbearance. You might take as icons of these the three magi, or kings or wise men as we sometimes call them, who are probably now in the course of things beginning their journey to find the Christ. And so we are walking close. Now first, the virtue of generosity. Because if we have generosity and forbearance and take the kings as icons, we can avoid that sort of um, sloth or commonality that prevents the disciples of John the Baptist of seeing the... Am I the, Look, look what you see and hear. And blessed is the one who doesn't take offense at me, who is open to me. And then, of course, to the peoples. Oh, what did you go out to see, all right? A show, an entertainment? Is your going to see John the Baptist, like driving out to a light show in the neighborhood? That's all very nice and well and good and interesting, but then we come home and nothing is different. So first, generosity. And our scripture passage might be what we sung coming into the church. Rejoice in the Lord always, for the Lord is near. Knowing that the Lord is near in the Blessed Sacrament, that the Lord will come eminently near in our Holy Communion, that the soul in a state of grace has the Lord dwelling near within them, that you can make a solid and good confession and have the law draw near in breath to you, that our deeds of charity draw us near to the Lord. From where comes joy? Joy comes from generosity. Now first know there is the great virtue of justice. Justice is rendering to someone what they are due. And justice brings about peace. Right? Rendering to someone what they are due or justice brings about peace. Generosity is rendering to someone more than they are due and that is what brings joy. You know, I, I know this guy. Uh, I get along well with him, but around this time of year, he gets a, a bit ornery, and he loves to get together and complain about how much he's not looking forward to seeing his family gathering at Christmas, and how odious and burdensome it is, and how boring everyone is. And I would ask him, well, what goes on? And he seemed to be very honest just because of the way he told it. You know, like a lot, the host family pr prepares the main dish, and then everyone else brings dishes to pash and whatnot. His last Christmas, he was to bring the cheese. So he went to the Costco and got the, you know, bajillion gand jug of nacho cheese and brought it to the house and set it on the table, peeled the lid off, and went and sat down and didn't talk to anybody. Now, in a sense, he was just. He showed up. He brought cheese. <laughs> but there was no generosity. And so joy did not flow from it. He got invited again this year because of justice. But there was not the joy that there could be. Now this is a time of year where generosity is in a sense asked of us and we do a lot of things with some naturalness that are generous and it is to focus on that. 
in our spiritual lives. Yeah, we do justice and come to Mass on Sunday as the Lord God commands. But we do generosity, right, when we prepare ourselves well. Arrive a little bit early if we can, right? It's generous to get all the kids together to try to get here on time. It's generous when we don't have any kids to make room for those who do and, and make space for them and so forth. Generous in, in singing the hymns and responding to the prayers. Oh, I've told you before, if you sing well, sing loud. It makes everything better. If you sing badly, well, still sing. Maybe just a little quieter and that'll be generous to everyone. But have that open heart. And that I don't just reduce my spiritual life to the church, but, you know, I have that icon of the crucifix at home and do the family rosary or whatever it might be generously. That brings joy to our lives. Now, forbearance, I would say, is the corresponds to the scripture passage. Be firm of heart. Because forbearance is related to the virtue of patience. I don't want to have a language lesson, but you may know the English word patience is closely related to the Latin word for suffering. Because to be patient is to endure sufferings peacefully. Hopefully most of our patience is simple, right? The person in front of me is going well below the speed limit and it drives me nuts, though I am patient. All right. Uncle Ned at Christmas is telling the same three stories that he tells every single time we get together. And I want to be frustrated because I can recite the story by memory, but I am patient. You can have a firmness of heart through forbearance. Forbearance is that virtue that presumes the good of the other. That whatever the other person is doing, it presumes a good reason until I find out differently. So I should presume that Uncle Ned doesn't tell these, he doesn't say, I'm going to torture him to death and tell him the same stories they've heard for the last 15 years. Rather, I must presume these stories are important to Uncle Ned. They give him joy, and he thinks that we can profit from them. So yeah, I've heard them 20 times, but I forbear it and patiently listen. And that creates a firmness of heart. This can apply across the board in our work, at school, in family life. Right? It's easy for spouses to presume they did that. She knows. She knows exactly where to twist that knife, and she did that on purpose. No, forbear. There's probably a good reason for it. If there's not, right? The other thing about forbearance is if we find out there's not a good, like if we find out Uncle Ned really does tell the same stories just to torture us every Christmas, well, then someone needs to talk to Uncle Ned because he's lost charity. My good friend, someone should forbear and say, he brings this cheap bucket of nacho cheese that no one touches uh, because that's what he knows. And he, but when I find out, no, he's just a lazy, misery old crank, well, then someone should talk to him. Say, hey, man, look, just go to the Car Valley. It's not that far away. These things in that firmness of heart, in that generosity, it is like unto the wise men or the magi who leave home and place. They are generous with their time. They bring great gifts. They are generous with their resources. Uh, the shepherds in the field had to travel less distance and could not bring as many gifts. They too were generous, left place, brought what they had to give more than was needed. Yes, a lot of it is in the normal rhythm, but let's keep our 
eyes open and our hearts attentive in our prayer, in our interactions. Much will be demanded of us in these days as we approach Christmas. But that joy comes from deep generosity and that firmness of heart comes when we practice forbearance and can be especially powerful when we come to the altar and receive the Lord and ask of those gifts of him. Make me generous and joyful, forbearing and firm of heart. And then I will see all the things you destined for me to see and know all of the joys you wish for me to know because I am generous, O Lord, or at least strive to be and forbear and have firmness of heart or at least try to be and therefore can know the might and truth you bring for I am a child of the kingdom of heaven. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.